0: Verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Wreck It Out with Priority One, and now your hosts.
1: Hello, Captains, and welcome to another exciting episode of Trek It Out, and joining us is the mucho-talented, highly intellectual, funny, serious, <laughs> and super-powered, Vic Mignana.
0: I did not give you permission to lie about me, <laughs> telling people annoyed. that I'm super-intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? It's nice to be here.
1: Oh, I'm great. It's very awesome to have you. Thank you.
0: Well, it is my pleasure. It is my pleasure.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for joining us, and and welcome to Priority One's Trek It Out. Now, Vic Mignana is a well-known voice artist and actor for a lot of productions, and uh, he's worked on many anime shows, video games, commercials, movies. He's also a musician and songwriter. Uh, Vic, you've done a lot, and uh, you continue to do amazing work, and we'd like to get to know more about you, so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Thank you very very much. Um, what a what a kind what a kind, uh, kind thing to say. I um I've just been you know I've been doing uh, all kinds of things like you mentioned since I was very young. Um, I started acting when I was very young and never really thought anything would ever come of it, but it was always something that I had a passion for. And and then uh, got the opportunity to to uh, start voice acting about dare I say oh my gosh. 15 years ago at least and uh, and then um, I've been writing and producing music ever since I was a teenager and uh, I've got six different music CDs of my own on iTunes and have written hundreds of pieces of music for television and film and radio and um, have sung several theme songs for anime series that I'm a part of so uh, I am just a very very blessed individual Adrian I'm I'm very, very, very grateful uh, for the opportunities that have been given to me and the chance to do things that I love.
1: Now, where did you grow up?
0: Well, I grew up in western Pennsylvania. I grew up near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, to be honest with you, the very first thing in my life that I remember inspiring me and stimulating my creativity was Star Trek. Um, I was 10 or 11 years old. Um, my parents had just divorced, and I found this TV show that just grabbed me like i I couldn't even I couldn't even describe how obsessed I was with with the original series of star trek i would I would uh, take a tape recorder, a little portable tape recorder, and I would record the episodes every day when they were on television, and then I would put the tape recorder under my pillow at night and listen to the episodes while I went to sleep. And consequently, I would memorize, like, entire episodes word for word and got my mom to teach me to sew so I could make my own costumes and and just, you know, really, really uh, threw myself into my love of Star Trek.
1: Now, that's awesome. Uh, I actually did similar things growing up, too, recording my favorite shows. <laughs> and uh...
0: Yes. <laughs> And I, you know, I mean, I would round the kids in the neighborhood up to be in in little Star Trek movies that I would make. And I would build little cardboard sets in my apartment, outside of my apartment building. And, you know, constantly, uh, you know, sticking intercoms up on the walls. And I mean, you name it. I, I was I was obsessed with Star Trek and a huge fan of Captain Kirk. I was I was doing a lot of acting in school productions and church productions and and then I uh I started singing and doing more more of that but um it wasn't until I was 17 that I literally kind of stumbled across the fact that I could play the piano and uh I just picked it up very very naturally and by ear and started writing music and um as God would have it opportunities opened up and doors Opened before me and I, I kind of stepped through them not knowing where they would lead and they led me here. And so for the last 10 or 15 years, I've, I've had the enormous privilege to voice anime, to voice act for a living professionally and also uh, write and produce music professionally and share my share my love and, and passion for music with people.
1: Now. You, you said you just – you discovered that you were playing uh, – that you could play piano. Um, did you take any piano
0: lessons? No. See, that's, that's just it, Adrian. I, uh, I never took any lessons. Oh,
1: wow.
0: And uh, awesome. I literally just um, – I, I don't even know how to say it. I, uh, a friend of mine and I decided we were going to write a song together, and he was going to write the lyric, and I was going to write – excuse me. He was going to write the music because he played the piano, and I was going to write the lyric. And uh, he recorded himself playing the song on a cassette, and I listened to it all the time. And one day I was walking by a piano at my school, and I sat down and started plinky plunking on the piano. And before I knew it, uh, before I knew it, I had uh, I had figured out how to play the song exactly the way he played it on the tape. Wow. On the set, and then uh, I started stumbling across my own chord progressions, and before I knew it, I. Made my own uh chord progression up and made my own song and wrote my own uh lyrics and it just kind of took off from there, and I would listen to songs on the radio and then I would sound them out on the piano and kept developing that skill to the point where you know now i I can play anything I've ever heard and I can play it in any key and and uh, I can listen to a song on the radio and just kind of sit down and play it um so I, again I give all the credit to God because I didn't take any lessons, I didn't study it, I didn't practice, it was just um it was just something that kinda came to me naturally.
1: And I, I find it really interesting because uh there's a lot of similarities here with the way I grew up. Um I was surrounded by music and I did take piano lessons, but I didn't stick with it like my brothers did. I actually pulled out because I got tired of playing things that had already been written. Now I regret that, but um, at the time, I just wanted to make up my own stuff, so I learned like anything video game music movie scores I'd make up my own songs some of them would show up in little children's radio shows my parents did jingles
0: oh my gosh (laughs) I did jingles too yeah
1: yeah yeah so I think it's really cool that you didn't take any lessons where you just sit down in front of the piano and you just start figuring things out
0: you and I are gonna have to find a piano at a convention sometime and play something
1: oh that'd be awesome
0: (laughs) but uh, you know and and once I and I have to say once I Started writing songs, I became very fascinated with the theory behind music, and so I would ask friends of mine who were music majors, who knew th- the theory behind music, to tell me and show me how uh, what chord progression is this, and 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 what does this mean, and and you know I would get them to basically teach me the theory behind the music that I was writing. So now. I can write out charts and write out music myself when I need to. So,
1: nice. Nice. Now with commercial jingles, uh who do you contact to first get into that?
0: Well, it it's kind of funny um how I got into it. Um I had been working at a at a Christian television network in Virginia and um I was a director producer and uh and then uh, one day one of the guys at the at the network came to me and said, "Hey, um you write music, don't you?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "I've got this piece of this video that I that I did, that I directed, and it needs a piece of music, and I can't find anything that really works for it. And I I'd, I'd love to see, I'd love to see if you'd be willing to take a crack at it." And I thought, "Well, yeah, sure, I'll try that." And so um he gave me the video. Uh, It was like a two-minute promo piece, and I wrote the music for it, and it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that, instrumentally scoring to picture, and I really enjoyed it, and it came out really good. And the next thing I knew, uh, several people, several of the other uh, producer directors at the network were asking me if I would write music for their video and their commercial and their PSA and their promo. So I started doing more and more of that um, and then I moved to Houston, Texas and I got hired by a production company as a staff composer. So I started writing songs for uh, ad agencies, getting hired to write jingles and post scores and themes and, and musicals, you know, uh, stingers and all kinds of things musical related for ad agencies and for production and I did that for probably 10 or 15 years. So I have hundreds of pieces of music that I've written for all different businesses and companies.
1: Wow, that's great. Now, how did you transition into doing voice? Because they're similar. They're really similar.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I've told fans a lot uh, in the past that um, some of the best voice actors I know are musicians, are people that that uh, that have a musical, a kind of a natural musical sense, because a lot of a lot of voice acting, there's, there's something musical about it. Um, I don't know how to explain it. I just, I know that it exists. It's like a sense of rhythm. It's like a sense of rhythm and tempo when you, when you voice act in the, in the lines. And, um, I was, uh, I was actually working on a video production in Houston, Texas about 15 years ago. And, uh, a friend of mine said to me, A friend that was working on the video with me said, hey, you've got a lot of acting experience, don't you? And I said, yeah. I've been doing theater and some on-camera stuff my whole life. And he said, you ought to go and audition for this place right here in Houston called ADV Films. They they buy these Japanese animated shows and they dub them in English and they need actors. They're looking for actors. He didn't say voiceover artists. He didn't say radio announcers he didn't say DJs he said they were looking for actors and so I went and auditioned and uh and I got cast and I did this show Street Fighter 2 and it was fun and uh and then it ended and I thought well that was a fun little weird one-time thing to do and uh the next thing I knew ADV had gotten a second uh anime series and they asked me to be a part of that and then a third and then a fourth and then a fifth and it just kept growing from there and then the next thing i knew i was invited to an anime convention and i didn't even know they had conventions <laughs> i i knew about star trek conventions obviously i attended plenty of those in my captain kirk uniform when i was little but i didn't know anything about start about uh, anime conventions so i went to an anime convention and i was just kind of blown away by what i saw and and the fans and and their knowledge of my work and and uh and then the next thing you know uh, i met some people from funimation in dallas at a convention and they said hey um we'd love for you to come up and do some work for us and i thought wow okay that sounds fun so i went up to dallas and i worked started working with funimation and i was still working with adv in houston and then funimation and then uh the next thing you know, um, you know, the industry kept growing and I kept doing more convention appearances. And then I met people from New York that did anime, uh, from anime production companies in New York. And then I met people from production companies in Los Angeles. And I started working in all of these different places.
1: I, I, I'm totally curious. Do they pay for your flight to go to these places or do you have to do that?
0: No. Uh, if I wanted to work in Dallas and I lived in Houston, I needed to get myself to Dallas.
1: So similarly, if you went out of state then too.
0: Oh yeah. In fact, one of the reasons why I didn't get cast a lot in, uh, early on, I didn't get cast in, in Los Angeles a lot was because I didn't live in Los Angeles and the producers there were very nervous about casting somebody that didn't live there because they were afraid that if they needed you at the drop of a hat, you know what I mean? If they needed you to come in and do something immediately, there'd be no way you could do it. and, and you'd have to get a flight. It'd cost you five or six hundred dollars to come out there just to do one thing. And so for the longest time, there were shows that I auditioned for in Los Angeles, and the producers like were like, "Well, we really like you, but, um, but uh, you know, you really need to live here. <laughs> and so the only things that I did early on, in Los Angeles were video games because you know, you can do a video game in the course of a few days and then it's over. It wasn't like an ongoing series. Yeah. Yeah. But I was willing to spend the money. I mean, I was, I loved what I was doing. I loved voice acting. Um, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And so I told all these producers, listen, if you cast me, I'll be there. Um, I will make it as easy for you to use me as if you were hiring somebody locally and so whenever funimation needed me i would hop on a plane and fly up to to dallas and spend four or five days recording you know when they wanted me for a video game in los angeles or when i got cast on bleach Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i uh i flew myself out there so they didn't cover any of the travel expenses or anything
1: I think it's important for, for people to know that part because uh, it's, it's one of those questions that runs in the head of anyone who wants to get into that work or who really loves it. And, you know, you're like, uh, yeah, it's going to be five hundred dollars for me to do this and I'm only going to make maybe 50 bucks or nothing. But you, you love it. You want to do it. And you're wondering exactly, you know, what goes into that?
0: Um, no, I'm glad you brought it up, Adrian, because it's absolutely crucial that people know um, voice acting does not pay a lot of money. Um, anybody that thinks that, you know, voice actors are rich celebrities are horribly mistaken. Um, the fact that we do work that's on television or that we have uh, some element of notoriety does not mean that we get paid tons of money. And in fact, you know, when I started in voice acting, I invested, and that's what I considered it, an investment. Mm-hmm. I invested as much, you know, in going places, uh, that I needed to go to get work uh, many times. I mean, I literally had people in Los Angeles say, I'll cast you in this role, Vic, but I don't know why you want to do it because it would cost you more money to come out here than you're going to make.
1: Right, right. And I
0: would say, well, you know what? I consider it an investment. I want to do the work and uh, and I want to let you guys know that I'm, that I'm dependable and that I'm good at what I do and that I'll do a good job for you. And so, you know, to me, it's an investment. Yeah. So I get it.
1: I totally understand that no no the the next question would be uh uh I believe people would ask okay well how do you how do you survive because if if you're not getting constant work every day but you're making enough for like a part time job, what's a good filler or um simultaneous job <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um hmm.
1: Because it would be a waste to put you in a telemarketing job, you know, or, uh, you know, selling um, diet pills.
0: Oh, well, you're, well, you're exactly right. And I'm I'll sure be honest you with be great, you, but... I kind of <laughs> promised myself that I would do anything that I could possibly do to at least make a living doing things that I had a passion for.
1: Right, right.
0: Um, I I promised myself a long time ago, I will find something that I enjoy doing and I will do that. I'm not, I may not make you know two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year um but that's okay because if I'm doing something i I enjoy, then it's not like work at all
1: right
0: and um so to be honest with you, I mean, I do several things professionally um voice acting obviously is a big is a big part of it uh and that includes um being cast in shows and the work that I do on shows. It also includes, you know, appearances at conventions um, and uh, and all of the things related to voice acting. But then I also do film and video production professionally. Uh, my, my college degree is actually in film. So I do a lot of shooting, directing, editing, that kind of work. Um, I also do a lot of graphic design. Uh, not a lot, but I do some. Um, and I get hired occasionally to, to design something for a company or a logo or a website. And, uh, and then finally, music. Um, I am a professional music composer, producer, arranger, and um, people will hire me to write a song for something. I, in fact, just a few weeks ago, I was hired by a company in Japan to write the theme song for a brand new uh, production called an e-manga which is an electronic manga that will be distributed to smartphones and smart devices. And not only am I playing a lead character, and they actually flew me to Japan to record the role. Wow. They wanted me to, to write and produce the theme song as well. Cool. So voice acting, music, graphic design, and film and video are the different ways that I pay my bills.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm sure that must be a complicated thing during tax time, but because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: it can be. But I have a you know I have a um an accountant who I work with and oh good good <laughs> she she understands the uh you know she understands the how do I put it the the constraints and the the details of my work and she helps helps keep things in order.
1: Awesome. Yeah, it's good, and it's time consuming to learn things that uh, distract from what you, you really need to focus on.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Now, now on the business note, and that's probably my last business businessy question is, um, how do you feel about the union when it comes to voice acting?
0: Well, um, I think the union is probably kind of, kind of a necessary evil, so to speak. I did an enormous amount of work before I was ever part of any union. So it is not factual to say that, you know, if you want to, to be a voice actor, you have to get in the union. That's just, that's not correct. Yeah. However, there are certain shots, certain, or there are certain opportunities, I should say, that you will only get if you're in the union. Yeah by that i mean that you know certain big 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 titles like uh you know like the next pixar film or uh or um you know big major animated shows or animated features they go through agencies and they are sag productions so if you want to if you want to do a role on something like that then you've got to be a part of the of the of the uh, of the union and i am i'm a, i'm a sag member Mm-hmm. um but a vast majority of stuff that i do is non-union related work.
1: Now how do you um do you go about that? Do you do um uh, an alternate name for certain nope. work like that?
0: Nope. I just assume that the vast majority of the projects that i do pretty much fly under the radar. Mm-hmm. They are things that nope, Sag never really pays much attention to and to be honest with you, i'm right so far. Um Nobody pays any attention to that, and uh, if and when the time arrives that SAG contacts me and says, "Hey, we heard you're doing this non-union gig," well, then I'll just go FICOR. Yeah. Just uh, I'll just change my status because uh, you know being being a part of the union for me is kind of a technicality. I've I've done a very small percentage of of union jobs compared to the amount of non-union jobs that I've done. But the good news is, being a part of the, being a part of the the union is that if I get an opportunity to, you know, if somebody says we want Vic to be in this in this SAG production, I I can be because I'm a I'm a member.
1: And and it, this is interesting to me because I'm also SAG and I started with AFTRA and then when they merged, so now I'm SAG AFTRA. Right. Um, and I could not find any union work voiceover wise, and and then I found out that's actually a common thing. There's just not a lot of union voice work uh, for, you know, to work regularly. And, uh, so, you know, I, I've had to do what I needed to do and, uh, and I've, I've done well following my heart, so to speak, (laughs) but, uh, you know
0: what, that's, I, I gotta be honest with you, Adrian. And I, I tell fans this at conventions, every chance I get. Um, and that is, I, I encourage people to follow their heart and follow things they love. Do things they love, because I've seen too many people in my life spend their lives doing things that they hate, and it has made their lives miserable and the lives of, quite honestly, people around them miserable. So I'm all about following the heart. It's never led me wrong.
1: Yeah, that's true. So you know, on the uh, the stage work you've done, I noted that you played Snoopy in your Good Man Charlie Brown. (laughs) That yes, is
0: it's true.
1: That is awesome. I actually saw that production when I was younger and uh it was it was a group of people performing it at I think Burbank High School, but it was some I think it was college people. Ah, or, ah, ah, and ah. I loved it cuz I'm a big Charlie Brown fan and I thought it was just so cool that you played Snoopy. I
0: absolutely loved that show. I loved being Snoopy. That was really really a lot of fun. In fact, just recently I was actually contacted by um a girl who was in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, with me, she played Lucy uh, when I did it. And I hadn't talked to her or heard from her in so long. And, uh, and it was really wonderful to reconnect with her. But, yeah, I loved that show.
1: <laughs> uh, that's awesome. The other work that you've done on stage, uh, what was some of your favorites or highlights from your favorite shows?
0: Well, so I've done an awful lot of musical theater, which um, I love. But, um, I've had the opportunity to do um, a lot of a lot of more serious dramatic theater as well. One of my favorite shows is The Crucible, um, such an um, such a wonderful, wonderful show. And I've actually had the privilege to be in that show twice. Um, and the first time I played Proctor, I played the lead, and then the second time I played Reverend Paris. So it was really a neat opportunity to to do the show again. And, and play a different role, but uh, I've done a lot of just a lot of sh- a lot of uh, musical theater shows that I love: Camelot, Oliver, West Side Story, Fiddler on the Roof, uh, on and on and on. And then uh, and then several you know dramatic pieces that I really enjoyed as well. I miss theater, quite honestly. I really miss doing live theater.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that's something that I, I wish I could do more of, but time just will not permit.
1: Now, you mentioned that uh, you started doing anime conventions, um, and I, I noticed that there was one that you were working on a commercial for. Is it Sakura-Con, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They actually asked me. I've done, actually done a couple of, con- of commercials for Sakura-Con. Um, I, did, I did two. I did one, and then they asked me to do one the following year as well.
1: Well, that's cool. I, I actually, that is one of my favorite anime conventions.
0: Me that's too.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I I hadn't ever left uh, California to do an anime convention anyway. So that was the first time I ever left uh, to go outside to go to one. And uh, I met some great people who lived in Canada there. I made some great friends. And we had a cosplay blast up there. Um, it was just so warm and friendly.
0: I yeah. loved it. Yeah, I... I... The very first time I went to sakura Khan, I uh, had the best time. And then I've been back. Uh, I think I've been back once again since then. And then the problem has been that sakura Khan is on the same weekend as four other anime conventions. Wow. And I kept getting invited to these other conventions. So I wasn't able to go to sakura for the last couple of years. But I'm very excited to say that I will be there next year. Awesome. I'll be there in the coming year and I'm very excited to be going back.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love it. Um, Every time I've been there, it's been actually pretty nice weather uh, where people say, you know, it rains a lot in Seattle. Uh, I think I only had one rainy day. That was it while I was up there.
0: You need to go next year.
1: I I was going in a row for a while, um, I think three years. And then uh, and then I just I didn't have the budget, but I would love to go again. Well, (laughs) I would
0: love to see you there.
1: I will try to make it. On, on that note, on, uh, on anime, um, I read that that's your favorite type of work, doing voiceover work for, uh, for anime.
0: I, I, enjoy, I enjoy performing. I enjoy performing in whatever form it comes in, whether it's voice acting, whether it's stage acting, whether it's on camera acting, whether it's singing, uh, a singing con, con, uh, concert or something. I enjoy acting and performing. So while it is obviously true that I love anime and I love, love, love voice acting and I think I've, I've, I've developed my skills to be proficient at that, I, I think it would be hard to, to say that I love it more than anything else because I just really love the chance to perform. Of course, yes.
1: Yeah. Now, well, what would be some of your favorites um, as far as anime goes?
0: well i mean to be honest with you i'd i'd, I'd have to admit that full metal alchemist is <laughs> is my favorite thing that i've i've ever done and i i mean i think it's one of the best anime series ever um i was lucky enough to be in it but whether or not i was in it i think it's probably one of the best anime series ever Yeah, you're um, known
1: for um, you playing edward elric on that right
0: yes that's correct awesome and uh and then uh, a very close second place is a show that I was in called Oran High School Host Club.
1: Yeah, Tamaki uh, Suo. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love Oran. Nice.
0: And uh, you know, there were there were several shows that I really enjoyed, um, some more obscure than others, but uh, you know, when people say what shows do you like you haven't that you haven't been in, well the problem is I don't often get the opportunity to 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 see shows to watch shows that I'm not in. Yeah, uh, I
1: understand. I just
0: don't I just don't have time to sit and watch them. Yeah. So um, you know, being in it gives me the opportunity to see it, and some of them I really really have come to love.
1: Yeah. Did you um did you get a chance to watch through Bleach because you played Ikaku, which was a, a pretty big role?
0: Yeah. Um, I I have to confess that <laughs> there's too much Bleach. <laughs> it's, there's just too much bleach and too little time so um, I can tell you that I know what's going on with my guy and that's about it <laughs> um, I don't know what Ichigo's up to I don't know what any of the other characters are up to, I just know what good old Baldy is up to
1: <laughs> I gotta say though some of the ones that I really liked that you were in was uh, Those Who Hunt Elves and uh, Hitalia
0: oh my gosh you're a Italia girl, huh?
1: It's hilarious.
0: Yes, it is. You're right. It is. I wanted so badly to play Italy.
1: Oh, yes. Oh my
0: gosh! I thought I was gonna. I thought. I, I mean, I. I came within. It literally, it came down. All the people that that read for it, and it came down to me and Todd Haberkorn, and and I thought, well, you know, the the actor that did Italy in the original Japanese is Daisuke and I don't know his last name but he played Phi in Subasa Chronicle. And I played Phi in Subasa Chronicle. So I thought I you know this is my character, I'm Italian by heritage anyway and I was so excited uh at the possibility of getting to play Italy and then uh it basically just came down to who could go higher in their voice.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: Todd. Todd went up into his falsetta voice. Uh, it didn't even occur to me to go into my falsetta voice. Uh, I tried to keep it in my in my chest voice, and uh, and so the the director called me. and he said, "Hey, listen, there's no question you could do the role, and and I loved your audition, but I just really wanted uh, Italy to be as high pitched as possible. <laughs> so um, I, I always tease Todd about you know getting to play Italy." Um, because I really, really would have loved to have played that role. But you know what? Grease is a really fun character. And he was, I was really, I was really glad to get to play Grease.
1: I do love all those characters. They're, they're all special.
0: Yes, they are very special. That's a good word for them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. Oh, uh, what, no. What's the latest game that you've worked on? Uh, Naruto Shippuden. Is that the latest?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, latest game? Yeah. Um, it seems like I've worked on a couple of other games that haven't been released yet. One of the problems with games is that you record them and then they aren't released for months and months and months after you record them. So basically you forget all about them. <laughs> and uh, so things will come out like literally eight months to a year after I recorded them and a fan will bring them up to me to sign at a convention. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, so this is out now. <laughs> uh, I didn't even realize because so much time had passed I'd even forgotten that I was in it. Um but uh yeah there are so, there are a couple of games that I've done that that haven't been released yet but yeah I think probably the most recent release is the is the Shippuden game. Uh
1: I that's I, the only one that I've heard I
0: of I think um the Sonic the Sonic Hedgehog game was released not long ago. Um oh. and uh gosh yeah, probably the, the Shippuden game was the most recent.
1: Cool, cool. Well keep an ear out for that. It would be awesome to hear you. I think uh the character is C. Is that how it's pronounced?
0: Yes. Yes. Cool. Yes. I'm glad you remembered because I must confess that I did not.
1: <laughs> You're welcome, sir. <laughs>
0: thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna call upon you to save me.
1: Well, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> Uh do you have any um f- I guess favorite moments doing voice work or weird things that happened even?
0: Well, there are plenty of to be honest with you. I mean, as long as I've been doing it, there have been lots of those. Um my biggest problem is actually narrowing them down and thinking of just one because there've been so many so many great moments and so many funny moments and so many uh heartbreaking moments emotional moments um wow any
1: interesting people that you worked with
0: well to be honest with you um I don't know if you know this or not Adrian but we we don't work at the same time we don't um we all record separately which means when I go in to record a character I'm alone in the booth so when fans write me and say what was it like to work with Johnny Young Bosch or what was it like to work with chuck huber i would say you know what johnny and i are great friends but i've never worked with him and chuck huber and i are best buddies and we've done a lot of shows together but i've never worked with him because we record alone so you could conceivably do an entire show and and never even meet the other people in the cast
1: yeah i i think that's something a lot of people don't know is uh is I guess how often, or if it never happens, that you would work with someone in the same room or play off of each other. And yeah, uh, the
0: the only time that happens is if you're doing a show that is called a prelay show. If you're doing a show where they record the voices first, Hmm. that that would be an opportunity where you would be kind of in an ensemble setting, and you would and you would interact with the other actors. But anime and video games, uh, for the most part, well, completely, um, to my knowledge, are uh, the characters, the actors record one character at a time alone. So if you think about it, it could give you an all new appreciation for some of the scenes that you watch in some animes that are very emotional and very moving between the two characters when you consider the fact that those characters are not talking to each other at all. Uh, When you consider that one of them probably recorded his lines two weeks before the other one did. And then the guy came in to the studio and basically reacted.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I find it's really tough if there isn't a character in front of me because sometimes their actions would uh, suggest how to vocalize something um, right you know and that's that's tough or if you're recording something prior to something's being created even where the creators don't even know yet what they're going to do with it that's also right really
0: tough. right and a lot of voice actors i will tell you that a lot of voice actors really uh envy the opportunity to do that kind of thing i know for me i love doing prelay type things because there is so much more freedom mm-hmm. so much more flexibility to do th- to do the role the way you want to do it, to perform the lines the way you want to perform them. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Not being constrained by the the mouth flaps or the finished final animation of a character um, and having to perform within the confines of, of, of the animation. It's really, a, it would really be a, it is really a dream come true for an actor to get the chance to do prelay things where he's got the flexibility to perform the character the way he wants to.
1: Yeah. With that flexibility, um, or with a very open-minded director, have you been able to uh, create any very unique, memorable characters?
0: I think so. Um, I think so. Sometimes um, sometimes the the Japanese companies want the English version of the characters to be just like as much like the Japanese version as possible but then sometimes the Japanese companies that own the property are like hey knock yourselves out have at it you know have fun do whatever you want with the character do whatever you want with the with the show um, and I've uh, had the chance to I've had the chance to to take some really fun liberties with and 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 create some interesting characters um, in those situations where the The director in fact i just did one i'm glad you said that adrian i i I should be i should be promoting this show and i completely forgot about it i just i just finished playing the lead role in a show at funimation called level e and it is the funniest craziest wackiest thing i've done in a long long time i had so much with this character so much fun with, with this character. And the director basically gave me carte blanche. The director basically leaned back and crossed his arms and said, Whatever you want to do, do do whatever you want, no matter how crazy it is, whatever the idea that comes to your mind, do it. Because the character lent himself to that kind of of uh, you know that kind of spontaneous, sporadic, all over the place kind of a character. <laughs>
1: Wow. What no what goes through your mind when someone says do anything and you don't really know to go high or low or what?
0: Um well, I'll just I'll take a look at the character on screen. I'll listen to what the Japanese actor did and I'll watch the character move a little bit, watch him interact and read a little bit about his his uh personality and decide kind of what I think would work best for that character. Mm. Sometimes I've done roles and I'll listen to the Japanese version of the character and I'll think wow that doesn't fit this role at all that's not what I not what I would have done with the role at all and so you know in those situations um, a lot of times the director will let he'll let me do my job you know he'll let me um, bring the best I can to, to the role
1: cool how about right, well, let's move on to um to star trek stuff cuz oh,
0: there's a, let's.
1: a lot of stuff in star trek
0: yeah girl
1: Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, baby, ask me anything.
1: All right, honey, we got stuff, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> There's some fan and indie films happening out there, uh, a lot of them. Um and uh some of the, the more popular ones, you've 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 got on. You're uh you've snagged some good stuff with um let's see, Starship Farragut and the New Voyages, uh some pretty cool roles like Captain Kirk or George Kirk.
0: Yeah, well, let me let me kind of give you a brief overview. I found out about a fan series in upstate New York. Uh, and I contacted them and said, look, uh, my name is Vic Mignana, I'm a voice actor for a lot of animated shows and video games. And I'm a huge Star Trek fan, original series. And I would love to come up and be a part of what you're doing. And uh, they contacted me. And um cast me to play a character and uh, when I got up there and they realized uh, how much experience I had in directing and uh, and how knowledgeable I was of, of Star Trek, um, they actually asked me to direct for them and I played some roles some more character roles and directed some episodes um, and then I found out, Let's just say, let's say this as diplomatically as possible, Adrian. I found out more about that production group and decided not to work with them anymore.
1: Mm.
0: However, right about the same time, I was contacted by another fan group called Starship Farragut. And these were some really, really great guys who had started their own fan series based on the adventures of another starship in the fleet. Not the Enterprise, but the Farragut. And uh, they asked me if I would direct an episode for them. And so I did. And it's getting ready to be released this month. Uh, it's called The Price of Anything. It's a fantastic episode. And I encourage all of your listeners to check it out. It'll be, uh, it'll be available online very soon from Starship Farragut, Farragut Films. Um, but after I finished directing this episode for them... And we really hit it off. I mean, these guys are just really, really great guys. Um, they were a fresh change from what I what I had experienced at the other fan group. They were, you know, honest and generous and, and uh, awesome, awesome guys. So we decided we were going to form a partnership because it had been my dream since I was a little boy to play Captain Kirk.
1: Ah, uh-huh, yes.
0: So, I partnered up with Farragut and we brought in another friend of mine named Steven Dengler. Uh, he lives in Toronto and he is one of our exec producers, and I am one of our exec producers. And then John Broughton and Mike Bednar from Farragut are the other two exec producers. And I started a production called Star Trek Continues. That's the name of our series, it's a brand new web series. Uh, I'm directing and producing it and playing Captain Kirk. I've got an awesome cast of actors assembled. Uh, We are picking up right where the original series left off, the last episode that was ever aired. Uh, We've got three dramatic vignettes that are online. You can can see them on Vimeo or YouTube and you can check us out at www.startrekcontinues.com Find out our cast and our and our find out about our production. We have an 80, 9,600-square-foot facility in Kingsland, Georgia, just outside of Jacksonville, where we have rebuilt all of the original sets from the original series. And uh, they're laid out exactly the way the original soundstage was. And this coming January, just a month away, we will be shooting our first full-length episode
1: that's amazing. Uh, we, we had heard uh, about the sets being built, um, and we were on our show, we were just talking about how awesome it would be to see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what, you, totally, I'm telling you, Adrian, road trip, girl. I mean, there is nothing on planet Earth, I mean, I cannot stress in strong enough terms. These sets have not existed since the original series ended in 1969 these sets have not existed sure a couple of different fan productions have built a set here and a set there they've built a bridge or they've built a transporter room but nobody nobody has has had has acquired a space this size with all of these sets built standing simultaneously all interconnected and and laid out exactly the way they were in the original series and i tell you anybody that loved the original series of star trek you need to make plans to get yourself down to uh... to jacksonville florida and take a tour of the sets to walk down that big bending corridor and right into the briefing room and go right back down the corridor further and walk right into the transporter room and walk back down the corridor and walk right into the sick bay and walk right back down the corridor and walk right into the bridge and and into the captain's quarters. And, I mean, you know, you can't do that anywhere else on Earth. Yeah.
1: That must have taken an incredible amount of time to uh, piece that together.
0: Yeah, it's been an, an enormous undertaking. Mike Bednar is the uh, is our set coordinator, and he has been working very hard with volunteers and uh and people down in that area to get the thing uh all built and ready to go. I've flown down there four or five times myself and worked on the sets myself for a week at a time uh just, you know, to be able to put some of my own sweat equity, if you will, into building the sets. And uh we had an open house last weekend. Where we had over 500 people from uh, the area, surrounding area, come down to see the sets and walk through the sets. And, uh, and then Saturday night, we premiered the, uh, the episode, the Farragut episode, The Price of Anything. We premiered it at an auditorium in town, had a great, great turnout. So uh, there are a lot of exciting things happening.
1: That's so epic. And, and on top of that, you're playing Captain Kirk.
0: I know. I can't believe it.
1: Oh my (laughs) God.
0: Oh my God. I, I, uh, I'm so (laughs) excited. Um, I can't even, I can't even stand it. I've, I've actually had the opportunity to become friends with William Shatner over the last uh, year because we've done a lot of events together and we have the same event manager. So we've ended up going to dinner together and hanging out in the green room together and sharing a cab together and and he has no idea, this is the secret for your show, he has no idea what a huge fan I am and was when I was a little boy. And he does not know that I am playing Captain Kirk in this series. And perhaps when the time is right, I will give him a DVD and, and show him a little bit of it. Now, have you seen any of our vignettes?
1: No, I haven't yet. Seen, I know, no. I've seen a clip. I see. I saw a clip, and my I, gosh, I. Oh Adrian. my god! I've got to go back and watch them because I just thought there was one. I didn't realize that there was more than one. Four. Don't kill me.
0: We are no longer <laughs> friends.
1: No. Um.
0: We have three.
1: Uh, that's great. No, I've got to go back and see them all.
0: You need to go and watch them immediately. As soon as we end this. This uh, interview you need to go you can go to you can go to, uh, star trek continues dot com and there are links there or you can go straight to vimeo and type in star trek continues or youtube and type in star trek continues and we've got three great vignettes that show everybody the the quality level of production that we are working at
1: now i'm so excited and I, I can't wait to support it and i really want to well i'm you know i'm supporting it now uh, but i can't wait to get the uh, the dvd
0: well, I can't wait either. We're all very, very excited. We've got an amazing cast of of actors playing the roles. Um, we've got a great cast. I mean, like in the original series, James Doohan played Scotty. And we've got his son, Chris Doohan, playing Scotty. Um, he even looks like his dad. I mean, it's just the coolest thing that the actual Scotty's son Chris is playing his father's role. Um, wow. As you said, I'm playing Kirk and and uh, uh, Todd Haberkorn and Chuck Huber, both eminent actors themselves, are playing Spock and McCoy. Um, I've got a lovely young lady um, actress from L.A. named Kim Stinger playing Uhura. I've got an anime fan, a uh, teenage kid that I just adore who's an awesome actor Named Wyatt Lenhart playing Sulu excuse me, playing Chekhov. And then for any of you guys out there that like Mythbusters, uh, Grant Imahara from Mythbusters is playing Sulu.
1: Yeah, I heard he was in on that too. It's just perfect.
0: We've got a great, great, great group of people assemble and we're very excited about our shoot coming up in January.
1: It's just perfect. You you do. You have an amazing group. You, I mean, it's just these people they look the part, they feel the part, and I can see the love and it's just great.
0: Oh yeah, there is an awful lot of love here. I I was blessed to meet certain people and make certain friendships certainly and blessed to have been given the opportunity to work and and uh and earn enough to to be able to to get something like this off the ground. Um and it, t- it takes a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of people and a lot of effort, a lot of dedication. But uh, but the end product, I'm I'm very very optimistic. People are just really really gonna love. Our goal is to create something that feels, looks and feels like you're watching a continuation of the original series. And so far, uh, if you watch the vignettes, we've release so far, the word from everyone is that's exactly um, what we've done, and so that we're very excited to you know to be aiming for that goal and yeah. and uh, everybody's on the same page. It's just a great opportunity
1: yeah now on the the audio side of it, um Ralph Miller, who's a friend of my family's um because uh, my grandpa Doug did the original sound on the original series.
0: Which oh my gosh, are you kidding me?
1: No, it is this something I didn't know until I got a little older too, and then I was like, "Oh, what?" Because I'm a huge Trekkie. Um Oh my gosh! But uh, but Doug really inspired Ralph and Ralph Miller. As I'm sure you you know him. Um, well, as a
0: matter of fact, Ralph is our sound man.
1: That's what I was going to ask. I was Ralph gonna is
0: running. Yeah, Ralph number one. Ralph Miller is a very dear friend of mine. Um, He and I have done a lot of stuff, a lot of work together. He's a a really, really great guy, and he's an amazingly talented sound guy, and he's an amazingly talented prop builder. He has built pieces, several pieces, that are going to be on our sets um, that are just amazing.
1: Oh, wow. Uh,
0: He's such an amazingly talented guy. I don't and, know if uh, he mentioned
1: that. We, we, that's we had an, so cool. We, we had him on our show and we did an interview with him and I don't remember if he mentioned the props thing. That's cool.
0: Oh, yeah. Listen, the guy is a really, really talented uh, craftsman. He builds – he's built like a couple of the computers, a couple of the tabletop computers. He built a couple of the view screens. He's built um, some of the leather chair backs and seats for some of the chairs. I mean – He is a very very talented guy Uh,
1: he's really fun uh we we finally met in person at uh uh, the last star trek convention in vegas it was oh
0: my gosh were you there this last year
1: yeah yeah the last couple years
0: well you know i was there two years ago i wasn't there this year but i was there the previous year in my captain kirk green v-neck wrap (laughs) and uh yeah. And uh, wow. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i planning to be there next year.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same here. Actually, um, I'm working on a Ferengi costume right now. Oh, my gosh. I love it. <laughs> Full on. Yeah. Prosthetics. I've got this really uh, post DS9, you know, woman's power Ferengi character.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I can't wait to see pictures. And you're you're a costume artist yourself, aren't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love everything involving uh, creating and making yes. things come to life. Yeah, dreams threads, coming true.
0: Threads of Atlantis.
1: Yes, yeah, that site is horribly. I haven't updated that in forever.
0: <laughs> well, I checked you out.
1: Uh oh, stalker. Yeah, that's me. That's okay. It's all right. I now,
0: is you. your grandfather still alive?
1: Yeah, actually, um, and we did an interview with him too. Thank goodness, um, because you know he's he's older man, and uh, now, how old he to, is he now? Oh. Gee, I'm trying to remember mid-80s maybe. I I forgot how old he is, but uh he's he still has all these great stories. Just gold. I mean, gold about Hollywood in general, funny stories, as well as uh all the Star Trek stuff and how he made oh everything. Oh
0: gosh. You now, what was his role this. for Star Trek sound?
1: Uh well, he he was the sound editor. So he's he's the credited Doug Grindstaff um on the show and he Help to do the uh, the tribbles and the transporter and the phasers, like everything.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, you know what? You live in you live in in Southern California, don't you?
1: Um, actually, I recently moved up to San Jose, but yeah, I mean, my whole life was down in Southern California. I still go there for work. And well,
0: friends. you need to so, do yeah. something for me then. Oh, you yes. You need to, you need to set up lunch with your grandpa, and me and Ralph Miller.
1: Oh my God, that would be amazing.
0: I would absolutely love to meet him. I would love to meet you in person anyway, but love to meet your grandfather and chat with him a little bit, show him some of the stuff that we're doing, and, and I know Ralph would love to be a part of that. That would be a fun thing to do.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I know, I know Ralph would love it, um, but yeah, and you know, as long as I can be there, because I couldn't miss that dinner with you guys.
0: Oh my gosh, I wouldn't let you miss it, <laughs> Would I would insist- now you said you come down for work what do you what do you do? What do you come down for?
1: um i well, I do a lot of different things uh sometimes uh directing, writing um acting whatever whatever I'm needed for, and i'll I'll drive down there and do it.
0: Wow, how often are you in town?
1: Yeah, it's kind of whenever I can make it.
0: Well, I would love it if you if you were to set that up and i I'm planning on calling Ralph anyway when we finish this uh interview and um and I'll tell him that we spoke, but in the meantime you and your listeners check out uh, star trek continues.com
1: yes everybody go do that yeah. yeah that yes that's cool uh
0: anybody that's interested in my music it's all available on iTunes uh if you'd like to have uh actual physical CDs um you can buy them at the store at www.risenbullrangers.com that's the um that's the uh That's my fan, fan club website, yeah,
1: yeah the official um, Vic fan club, yeah,
0: yeah, and uh, they are awesome, and I want to always send a shout out to them. Um, we have about seventeen thousand members now worldwide and uh wow. and I love the Rangers. they are the best people ever.
1: They have a site full of Vicness uh, and a very cool calendar schedule of your convention appearances. <laughs> It's there are cool. a lot
0: of fun things there, so people <laughs> all of you feel consider yourselves officially invited to to go and, and poke around a little bit and join us if you'd like. It's free to join and we would love to have you
1: for the for the people, you guys can find the link on the website on on Vic's website vixworld.net um, and you can take that and go or go directly to risenbulrangers yeah
0: and that's www. r i s e m b o o l dot com um also you know you, your your listeners can follow me on twitter it's just very simple at vic and uh come and see me at conventions i'll be doing a lot of events this coming year and and i one of my favorite things of all is meeting the fans i love meeting the fans and uh getting to see them and and interact with them so please come and see me and uh keep your eyes open for star trek continues
1: All right, well, uh, if anybody else is interested in finding out anything else about Vic, there's always IMDB and there's Wiki. Um, There's a lot of cool YouTube videos if you search Vic Mignogna out and- ah.
0: Oh yeah, there are a lot of those, (laughs) aren't
1: there? There are, they're really cool. I don't know if there's any in particular you want to point out, but- uh, No, no, I don't. So so you guys can have fun going through the slew of them online. (laughs) (laughs) Vic, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you, Adrian. It was a pleasure.
1: Transfer complete.